Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. At some point in I think almost every business that's growing, you're going to have a desire to hire a virtual assistant. And I want to talk a little bit about how to make this process quick and painless and also effective because I've definitely hired a lot of the wrong people throughout the years. And not that I I also have had a lot of amazing people, but the way I hired recently versus how I've hired in the past has been really different. And so I kind of want to talk through (laughs) what the process is like. Yeah. I remember when we were first starting and first starting to work with people outside of you and me and like growing and then realizing stuff wasn't the right fit and then realizing it was the right person, but we needed someone else that was the wrong person, but they were doing the right thing and just learning how stressful it has been over the years of either letting people go when like we knew we shouldn't have brought them on in the first place or like just reconfiguring it or having a giant hole in our company that we needed filled, but didn't realize it. It's just like, it's a process and a learning curve for sure. Yeah. So I think something that's just important to know before you even get to this process is do you actually need a person or can you replace this with a system first? I think there's so many things you could do for cheap or free utilizing software or a system where maybe you don't necessarily need a person and they could take, you know, some, some things off your plate. I know we have definitely utilized a ton of systems over the years and I could go into it, but that could literally be an entire episode. So if you've like established that there isn't a good software to replace this task and you're still looking to hire, like what do you need to do first? And I'll tell you, I think most people do what I would do too. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do this because often you can 
save a lot of time, but I feel like this is where mistakes happen too, is just simply asking for referrals. I've hired a lot of the wrong people by asking for referrals, but I've also snagged up some like champions. So you just never know. But my my best kind of advice with that is never hire the first person you talk to. Not that you can't hire them, but like you should also talk to at least a couple of other people before you make a final decision one way or another. Well, and I think one of the biggest mistakes we made, and I see so many people making this mistake in, in our group and other groups that I'm in, you ask too many people, it, it seems like. Like you put the feelers out for a position that you want filled in a group of people where not all of them are ideal for for it, but a lot of people will say that they are ideal for it. And it ultimately leaves like so much stuff left on your plate when you're having to kind of filter through a lot of not great candidates. When what we have learned, at least over the many, many years of doing this, is if you spend more time creating the proper filter and screening process before you even let people know that you're looking, it makes that part of the process once it happens so much faster and more worth your time. Yeah. So I think regardless of how many hours you're wanting to hire someone for, one of the things you need to do before you even start looking for a person is write a proper job description. We waited forever to do this (laughs) because we were like, they just need to do this and anything else we tell them to do, which is not ideal. Yeah. It was, because it like deal of all trades we were looking for. We needed one like thing accomplished in our business, whether it be graphics or email management or customer service or whatever, right? And then they would come on and we would do, I'm sure I, we can't be the only people who've made this mistake, but we would like the person. We would like them as a human. And so then we would just be like, awesome, let us just dump a whole lot of other tasks on your plate that maybe you're not even good at, but we like you. So we just want to keep you busy and give you lots of stuff to do. And that isn't the best thing to do. No. (laughs) So I know we've talked about it before, but I'm pretty sure it was in traction where we identified who we wanted in our business. Yeah. And not even just like who we want right now, but like five years, 10 years down the line, what does your business look like? And it allowed us to kind of identify areas that we had currently and how people were kind of crossing over into multiple buckets, but also where we are weak and could use some kind of, I don't know, opportunities to grow. So that was a great kind of first step was establishing what the role is, what we need them for, understanding not just the tasks they have to accomplish, but like what are our non-negotiables for personality traits for someone that we hire? What are things that maybe are more value-focused about a person that are super important to the culture of our business. And once we had all of that, the rest kind of falls into place pretty quickly. So we have this kind of outline of what we're looking for. Then second step, we have to have a budget. Which I like, 
being the non-numbers person in this relationship is the hard, you just feel like you're pulling something out of thin air. And I have seen this conversation so many times happen in our group of like, what's the going rate for this? How much should I expect to spend for that? And it is such a smorgasbord of responses every single time. And so the thing that I've had to learn from Abby and the multiple people on our team is it like, it's not that it doesn't matter what like the going rate is or what this package is over here. What can you afford is where you should always start. Yeah. For real though. (laughs) You need to know what you're looking at. A good rule of thumb that we've been kind of given over the years is you never want to exceed paying out more than 20% of your total revenue on a monthly basis to your team. Your team can be made up of multiple people. And obviously, as you have more revenue, you can spend more on people. But that's been a really good threshold of knowing if we are overstaffed or understaffed. And not that you have to fill it up completely. We've definitely hovered in the like 12 to 20 and even up to like 25 and 30 where we were, it was making us uncomfortable in the opposite direction where we knew, you know, we have, we're a little lean right now, but it's actually serving us or we're lean and we feel it. (laughs) We've been all of those things, but that kind of gives you a good idea of, okay, if I would look at the last six months, what's the consistent revenue I'm bringing in? Okay. On a monthly basis, I know I can't spend more than 20%, but starting out, maybe you don't even need to spend that. Like maybe you just need someone to do one kind of task that you're terrible at or that's really emotionally draining for you. Then that can be a great place to start with just a couple hours a month. I think there's a misconception out there that if you put someone on retainer, that they have to have like this exorbitant amount of hours per month. I mean, I've hired people that work for me for five hours a month. And it's like exactly what I need. And they're happy and I'm happy. And they stay on forever. Like, I'm like, how are you still here? But it's consistent work for them. And it's still something I need to this day. So if you can kind of look at it from, okay, this is what I can afford to spend. This is the kind of tasks I need done. If you can at all get to a point where you can come up with an hourly rate that makes sense, in a range, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but like I know I can spend between 15 and 25 per hour. Or sometimes it's like a super specialty task and you're like, I know it's going to take less time, but if it's the perfect person, I'm willing to pay 75 to 150 per hour because of the kind of work that it is. Just gauge that. Literally, you could hire people at any at rate. Any rate. I could, I could throw any number out there and I guarantee you, I could find someone that charges that. And you're going to be like, what about below minimum wage? Literally that is possible. I'm not saying, I'm not saying do it. (laughs) I'm not saying you should do that or, I mean, but you could also, that could be overseas work. So it's not below minimum wage where they live. And so you're not like breaking domestic laws or international law by hiring them at $5 an hour. In fact, we have a whole episode. I I do not remember what number it is, but back in the day, we talked about hiring internationally and hiring from, I I think like the Philippines was kind of of the main area that she talked about, but specifically like what that process looks like, 
And it's something we've toyed with, but have never done. And we've always hired, not even always domestically, but almost almost exclusively domestically. We have had people in the past in South Africa and Australia and the UK. So it just depends. If it's the right person, we'll make exceptions to the rule. But I think as we've grown, it's been easier to hire domestically for the sole purpose of we're working at the same hours of the same day. And that can make a huge impact on getting things done in a timely manner. Yeah, I think that that's one of the biggest lessons I didn't know that I needed to learn or would find so beneficial as we were hiring. Like Abby said, sometimes we worked with people in Australia or South Africa and and just the time zone is completely different. The way that that affects how I like to work with someone is far greater than I imagined. For some of you, especially if you live that like digital nomad life, or if you have a a different full-time job and you're working on your business at night or on the weekends, that might make more sense to you and not be as big of a deal or be work out even better. But I did not realize how big of a factor time zones were until we were like, oh, you are asleep right now. (laughs) I need this done. I need it done. (laughs) Yeah. So understand that and that'll help set some perimeters. So at this point, you have a job description. You understand what you can afford to spend. You've broken it down into how many hours-ish you think it might take a person. And you have a hourly rate or rate range in mind. And now you're like, cool, that all sounds great, but how do you go and hire someone? I think... A misconception is that if you're not doing straight referrals, then really your only other option is to post on your website or like blast it out to your social media or post it, God forbid, on a job website. We've done all of those things. (laughs) Literally. I think the downfall, and I'll tell you about the downfall of each, the kind of great thing about promoting specifically on your social or to your own email list is you're going to find someone potentially in your circle that is already aware of what it is that you do and perhaps the products you sell. They're going to be a little more familiar with your business. For a long time, that was our rule. You had to already know what we did and who we were and how we work. And we only hired people in our tribe. As we've grown, like that's become less important. Not that it's not helpful, but we have better training in place. We have better processes in place where it's less crucial. And I don't know. So I'm not saying don't do that, but just know all of a sudden you're going to be not exposing yourself, but you're going to be putting something out there and you may get a ton of responses. You may get literally zero responses. All of those things are possible. Now, the moment you post on a job site, expect hundreds of responses. When we did that and our email just kept dinging with like, what was it, Indeed? It's like, yeah. new application from Indeed, new interest from Indeed. I needed to hire someone just to filter through the applications. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and the problem with a job site like that is you get people who are searching for work, which is fine, but usually means people apply for things that aren't necessarily a good fit. 
and they're applying because they need a job. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you shouldn't hire someone who needs a job. Like I've definitely hired VAs who've had one client or two clients or just getting started. And that's been totally fine. But the problem with putting it out there is you're getting people who, who have no relevant background or experience and are just literally hoping and praying, or maybe they think it sounds sexy because it's work from home. And I, yeah, I feel like that that hits a lot of filters for people where if it is work from home, it just attracts like, I'm sure some right people, but then just a whole slew of people who are looking for something completely different. Well, they want something easy, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's not, not that your job isn't easy or that it can't be great for the right person, but I think we got 99% the wrong people by posting on a job site. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when we did ultimately hire, when we were doing that round of hiring, We didn't hire or even interview anyone that came through the job listing. Mm -mm. Zero people. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. hundreds of emails to interview with zero of them Mm -hmm. was not great. So probably my least favorable of the options. Now, here's an option that's new to me and one I am a giant fan Mm -hmm. of (laughs) if you're wanting to hire people like more in this circle. And when I say Mm -hmm. more in this circle, I don't necessarily mean creative online business owners, but I mean like if you're looking to hire a mom or someone who just like gets this industry, then this can be a great option for you. They have experience in all sorts of things, but they've specifically already worked with someone in our industry. Okay. So let me just explain. So there are two that I'm aware of there. I'm sure there's probably more, but two people I'm aware of that teach primarily virtual assistants. They teach people how to become virtual assistants. They're one is focused way more on the, like have the desire to be a stay at home mom and let's work from home. And then one is a little more business all business all the time, but both are incredible. So one's our friend, Michaela Quinn, who's also in Kansas City, who I also happened so randomly to go to high school with. And Abby Ashley what a small world. is in Springfield, Missouri, which is just a hop, skip and a jump down the road, like two hours, but whatever. <laughs> she also teaches virtual assistants. So when I needed someone recently... They were the first two people I asked, not because I, my friends don't have great recommendations, but where I'm at and where we're at in our business, most of our friends are starting to hire full-time employees, Yeah, which is great, Yeah, but I'm not going to try to steal your assistant. Like, that's no. just a it's like, bad opportunity. Can I have them? It's not how that works. It's just not going to work out. When (laughs) we were a little earlier on in business, sometimes it made sense for us to have the same staff because we had such similar businesses. But as we've grown, that's become kind of less of a thing. So anyway, I reached out to these two women immediately. Now, I don't know if Abby has an automated way to do this, but I know Michaela does. 
there's actually a form you can fill out with Michaela with what what are the skills you're looking for? What is your rate that you're interested in? What are you needing, basically? You can fill out a form. I don't exactly know where. I should have definitely got that before this episode. <laughs> but you basically send it in and she sends it out to her network of VAs. Now, the cool part and the part I love the most is they've all been trained by her. So like they've kind of gone through a boot camp of how to be a good virtual assistant already. And they're hungry. Like they're so ready. A lot of them are newer and that's fine. The ones that are less new just tend not to apply. Like they just already are booked or already are full and that's fine. But the thing I loved about it compared to getting specific referrals is I'm not in control of other people's rates. Mm -hmm. Like you're hiring a contractor. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I can't control what other people charge. So it's not my place to walk into someone else's business and say, I'm going to pay you this and you're, you're going to be okay with it. Right. That's just not how it works. So I got a few referrals up front from an actually a friend's assistant, (laughs) but they were all too expensive. Mm -hmm. Not that they were bad or that they didn't have great skill set or that they couldn't have worked perfectly, but it's not what we could afford to spend on this position, especially with how many hours we were hiring for. So kind of know your limits. It's so tempting early on, especially if you're getting little traction on finding the right people to just jump at the first one that seems 80% okay, and maybe a little too expensive, keep going. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why I really liked this option because I was able to present up front Mm -hmm. what our business was willing to spend. And so only the people that were interested in that rate were even applying. Yep. Yeah, because we've definitely overspent for positions before and have underspent before. Like we've done both, but we also know a lot of our friends who've made this mistake that where you get excited about bringing people on and you hear someone who's probably going to be really good at their job and they're expensive, but you deem them as worth it. I'm not saying don't spend it where it matters, like, or don't charge premium rates if you are a VA. But just like feel out your options because it's really, it gets harder to let people go as that relationship continues on. And that's why I said at the very beginning, only like you have to start this process knowing exactly what you can afford, period. Yeah. I think my printer's possessed, guys. Oh, you can, I can hear it. It just turned something today. So maybe it's printing what I need. It freaked me out. Sorry. (laughs) Just. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we'll so, cut that out. Just kidding. We don't do any editing. <laughs> no, we don't. So, I think the cool part is once you send it in, you're going to get back people that are already interested at your rate. Now, the cool part about the way Michaela specifically trains is they usually have like a portfolio ish. It's not a portfolio in the traditional sense of like, Here's all the beautiful design work I've done in the past. Like these are virtual assistants. So it's a PDF that explains the type of work that they're willing to do, the kinds of packages they have, what their current rate is, a little bit of background about them. It's sort of like a bio slash resume slash services pack all in one. Yeah. I got to preview these. Want to learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? 
I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial for all the people before I chose who I wanted to interview. And so they didn't know I was looking at them. I mean, they knew they had applied. Right. But like, they didn't know that I was like going through their their stuff or clicking on their website or opening their email. Like that wasn't a thing. So I was able to kind of quickly tell, will this work? I also liked that I could specify does local matter to me? Even though it's a virtual assistant position, 
would I prefer someone in my area? Right. So you can specify stuff like that, which and I thought was cool. we do, and sometimes we don't. That's another thing that I didn't know about myself until we've worked with both. And for some positions, it makes a heck of a lot more sense for us to have someone local just because of the dynamic it brings. And sometimes it doesn't matter at all. Once I had like my handful of people picked out, I decided to schedule interviews. Now, I'm a little picky choosy and maybe a little pushy and also wanted to like get it done. But I was like, come hell or high water, if they want to apply, they will all interview on the same day. So I said, I reached out to them individually and I said, hey, I'm doing interviews on this day. These are the time slots I have available. If you're interested in applying for the position, like, let me know. Now, I realize for a lot of them, they're existing small businesses. They may have their own kind of system for discovery calls or onboarding or whatever. But I wanted to be in charge of this game. And while I could have let them do their own process, I wanted to interview people in a short time span so I could actually kind of understand their differences and their commonalities and not be separated. Like when you get days or weeks involved, then you're like, did I like them? Is that a figment of my imagination? I don't remember. Mm -hmm. So I wanted it in a really short time span, but I also wanted to kind of dictate how the call went. And if I had just gone by whatever their process was, I couldn't have made them the same. Right. And that, that was really important to me. Yeah. I think a funny thing that we maybe should have touched on at the beginning, if any part of this, I'm surprised by the process of what it was like. I need you to know that we have nailed this down so much and the tips that Abby's sharing with you today have made it so easy for us to bring on someone new that she was able to do this while I was out of town. She was on vacation. I was on vacation. <laughs> she was on vacation. I put out the feelers. Uh-huh. I got people's applications in. I set up all the interviews, had all the interviews. I had five, which I've never done five interviews for one position before. I picked a person, sent a contract, hired the person all before she got back. Mm-hmm. She, she was gone for three days. That was like, I think I'm going to hire this person and they're this much and like maybe a half a sentence on why she felt like we should hire them. And I said, I barely have service. Go for it. <laughs> Before I sent the contract, that was the only kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's lit. But listen, though, it's taken like over three and a half years to make it that easy. And for us, Abby knows what I'm looking for in someone. She knows what she's looking for. She knows what, you know, my non-negotiables are and so on and so forth. And so it's definitely become easier. But I think these resources from Abby Ashley and Michaela Quinn make it so easy for you guys to find someone on your own terms and really like get something quickly, but also high quality. Mm -hmm. Now, just kind of a tip for scheduling, make sure you make it so very clear what time zone you're in. You made this mistake, especially if they're new. Did you mess it up? I've one person messed it up. Mm. I don't think 
I really, really, really tried to give them the benefit of the doubt. But I don't want them to look bad. And so if you can overly communicate what time you mean, it's going to make you feel better because if they're on time, then you know they're on time. If they're late, then you know they're late. Right. So I don't know. Keep that all in mind. So I overly communicated what time and time zone I was in. I communicated where we were meeting. I highly, highly suggest a Zoom call or some kind of video call. Even if you're ultimately working with this person primarily via email, primarily via not text, but like written out copy, I still think a face-to-face a hundred percent makes sense. Okay. 100%. You're hiring this person. Your position with more hours and you're doing it local girl, go meet them at a coffee shop or something. Oh, that made all the difference in the world. So like it was game changer. I wish I could do that for everyone we hired now. We just, can't. no, I mean, it re- realistically we can't because we're hiring all over the place, mm-hmm. but if you can get together in person, do that. So it's that time. I wanted to A, make this quick, but B, make it so that I could compare people easily without like trying to make too many judgments about someone as a person. Mm -hmm. Because it's really, really easy to fall in love with people that are like you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily need someone like you in this position because you're bad at the thing you're hiring for, right? So I wanted a system so that I could go through this quickly, not waste my time or theirs, because if I'm interviewing five people and there's only one position, four people just spent time with me. So I don't want to waste their time. But I also want them to be comparable. So I came up with a list of questions. I'm going to go through the questions quickly. Emily's literally never heard these questions. I'm excited. But these are the questions I specifically asked in the interview. The first interview, I will tell you, it was a little hard to get through all of them. But by the second and third interview, I was finishing with 10 minutes to spare. Like I knew how to get the answer I needed and could move on. I really, really, really tried to not change the language or adjust the question in any way. Some things I did add a little bit of clarification, but I tried to make sure I was adding the same clarification in every situation. That way they had equal opportunity as much as possible. Now, speaking of equal opportunity, before I get into this, Depending on your state, how big your business is, if you're hiring for a full-time position, et cetera, there can be laws at play into how you hire and what is required for equal opportunity employment. We're still considered a small enough business. And the fact that we were hiring a contractor versus a full-time employee, we didn't necessarily have to publicly post this position. Right. But depending on your size, you may be required by law. So just keep that in mind. Anyway, back to the questions I asked. So the first question I asked was, how did you end up where you are today? With the thought that I want to know why they became a virtual assistant. What's driving them to work from home? Mostly because I'm curious, but also because I want to understand, like, is there other things at play without asking those things? Because you have to be careful. You don't want to step on toes. If they volunteer information, they volunteer information. 
So kind of a background question. What type of clients do you currently work with? I wanted to understand the kind of jobs they currently had, the kind of work they're doing on a daily basis, maybe the industry of these other clients, just to understand. Sometimes it's irrelevant. Sometimes it's a curiosity thing, but it will tell you a lot about their skill set. So the next thing before I went on, because if they didn't meet this question, I literally would have stopped the call. So I asked about their bandwidth immediately. So I said, do you have the bandwidth to take on this many hours per week? If they had said no, I would have stopped the call before I went on because I don't want to waste their time. And if they don't have enough time to work with me in my business, especially knowing that in the past, this position has grown and fluctuated, I just couldn't go on. So I made that very clear, checked with them. If they said yes, then I went on to say, because they're also a contractor, you cannot dictate what time of day they work or when they accomplish their work. You can set deadlines and some expectations, but if they want to work at two in the morning or two in the afternoon, they could decide to do that because they own their own business. So I specifically asked, what's your daytime availability? What are your schedule restrictions? What is your preferred schedule? Because I wanted to understand when they were going to fit me in as a client. For some of you, that's not going to be relevant. But for me, like I knew specifically that this really needed things addressed like in the morning and maybe a little bit in the afternoon, but the afternoon was less important. I also ideally wanted them to be working when we would be working, at least somewhat. But I can't tell them they have to. And so if I can understand what their preferred schedule is, then I can tell if that fits into what we're looking for. So then I asked them what type of work they are best at. What type of work are you best at? If they stumble, like that tells you things. (laughs) If they start talking about something that's completely irrelevant, that's okay. Like that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, but just, just take that in. What are you most interested in learning more about? So for this one, I asked about what skills they were wanting to learn more about. Like, is there something they already have an interest in, but they haven't started adding that to their experience or it's not a project they've worked on before. Now, the reason I asked that is because I am a firm believer after doing this many times and hiring many people Mm -hmm. that you hire the right person and that skills can be learned. Yep. If they have the drive, the dedication and the willingness and some relevant experience, you can sit someone in front of a training video and they can pick something up pretty quickly. There was nothing that's like, you're not a brain surgeon. Like you can figure out how to schedule an email. Right, right. Like, well, and like look for relevant experience in past jobs or roles that they've played that aren't necessarily in your industry, but use the same skill set that you're looking for. Right. Absolutely. It's definitely important. So then I asked what they're not good at to see what they would say. Some of them are really good at saying things. So if you're a good interviewer, you know how to say things that are still positive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you're asked a negative question. Mm-hmm. 
so what work do you prefer not to do? So I never want someone resenting me assigning them a task. So if they say, I prefer not to work on X, Y, Z, then like mental note, maybe that's a game changer for you. Maybe not. What systems are you familiar with? Key. Now, this tells me right away, do they need training and I need to give them access to something or are they just going to pick it up and run with it? And usually it's a mix. I have literally never hired someone that used or understood every single system we use in our business. No. And that's okay. That's fine. Yep. What is your favorite way to communicate? Do they like being on video? Do they like text? Do they like boxer or like audio explanations? How do they learn? You're not saying how do they learn, just how do they communicate or what's their favorite way to communicate? Because then you can gauge really quickly. Does that fit into how your team typically communicates or is this going to like go off the deep end real quick? Right. Because there's definitely a blend of like, you know, being, you know, flexible and doing stuff that best serve that person, especially if you're really excited about having them on board with you. But there's also, if you've got stuff that's already working in your business, they're going to have to kind of mold to that as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So several people said email and I was like, okay, so I literally hate email, but if you like email, then you like written communication. I can give you plenty of written communication, just never expected an email. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like, that's not a bad answer. It's just a re-education on how we work as a team. Okay. Now, the next set of questions were situational. So I gave them an example of something, and I wanted to understand how they would react. Now, some of these questions I just Googled and found, but some of these questions, I have been on the other side of the bad end of this situation. And it wasn't even that detailed. You'll see. But being on the other side of it, I was like, this can't happen again. So (laughs) the first question What would you do if I gave you an assignment and you thought you understood it, but later you realized you didn't understand? What would you do? Mm -hmm. So I I just want to see how they communicate. I want to see how they react. If I gave you a bunch of assignments and you realized you couldn't get them all done fast enough to meet deadlines, what would you do? In some of these, there isn't a right or wrong answer. Right. But it can be a simple communication thing later. Like for that one, I got a lot of, well, I could potentially outsource it or I could ask if there was someone else on the team that could help or whatever. And I said, you know what, for this one specifically, I generally want you to ask me what my priorities are. Most of the things are not do or die by a deadline. Very few things we do in our business. And so All of them were fine with that. I didn't have any like weird reactions to that, but just something to keep in mind. So then I asked them, tell me about a time when you were in the middle of a communication problem. Like, how did you fix it? Like in this work situation, basically. Some of them gave me relevant stuff for past clients. Some of them had to pull from previous work experience. Both are fine, but like, How did they fix communication problems? How do they react to other people? Some of them will tell you things that are red Mm flag-ish. Like 
without even realizing it. They think yeah. they're answering perfect, which is fine. Like your goal you is to not react. <laughs> yeah. You're you're just taking notes patiently over on the side. Yeah. If you need to give a clarification question, do. But I was like neutral face. I got to get this shit done in 30 minutes. Let's go. Okay. So you're working on an urgent deadline and your computer crashes or your internet goes down. What's the first thing you do? Tell me. By the way, the answer is not pretend it didn't happen and not get your shit done. I've definitely been in that situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Memories. What's an example of a time you proactively addressed a client's needs? I want people to do shit before I ask them. Some people will not understand this question, and that tells you things. Because some people are super good at what they do as long as you tell them exactly what to do. Yes. And sometimes that's okay. Sometimes you totally can hire that person. And sometimes you need someone who will like do the shit that you said once like six months ago and you said do this monthly and you never brought it up again and then they do it and they still do it yeah it just depends on what you're hiring for okay just a couple more questions how quickly do you typically respond to client communication Mm. Mm -hmm. you can have any answer work for you in your business but know what your threshold is absolutely I know one of our friends, she's like, oh, three days is totally fine. Like, if you don't get back to me, no big deal. I would have a panic attack. For real, I need though. a response from I'd be me. like, are you dead? Every single day. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> okay. So I had this question originally, and then I ended up skipping it. And I have mixed emotions about skipping it, but I think it was mostly coming from a laziness, not that I shouldn't have asked this question. Who were your three most recent employers or clients? What tasks did you regularly do for them? And can I reach out to them? How would they rate the work you do for each of those tasks when I ask? I didn't ask for references. I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of character. Sure. I I definitely could have helped. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you. We were on the time crunch and it was like, I'm going to go with my gut again. We've also like never asked for references. And so it's it's not like it's the first time. (laughs) But I will say, if you could do that, I would recommend it. One thing. (laughs) I feel like I'm losing my train of thought here. But basically... I always think you should ask for references, but generally speaking, people are only going to give you references that are going to say positive things. So keep that in mind. But I do think it would be helpful to understand the tasks they're already doing or have been doing for other people. But I feel like I got the answer to that at the very beginning when I asked what type of clients they work with. They kind of told me those things already, but neither here nor there. (laughs) I just didn't. So the last thing before I wrapped it up was I asked them their time zone and their location. So I remembered because I knew where I was and what time (laughs) I wanted them to meet, but it needed, I needed to know that information for later. Mm -hmm. So I wrote that down 
And then I asked them to remind me of their rate because even though I had looked at all those things, I didn't remember who was who by the time I got to the interview. Yeah. So I was able to take notes and write that down. I tried really, really hard to not make any decision until I had heard from all my interviews. From everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's something that's really, really difficult for us to do is like, we'll feel like we click with someone and we're just like done skis and then like meet someone else. And it's like, oh, wait, now we have someone to compare it to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Been there. Now, a couple of things I would suggest, and then we'll wrap this up because this is a really long episode. I would suggest always doing a trial yeah. basis. That's my favorite recommendation. I give that out for free every time I talk to someone. <laughs> so for contractors, I recommend a 30-day trial contract. It basically will just roll over into a regular contract when the 30 days is up. But it gives you an out after 30 days if you want to cancel that you're not also tied to continue paying them for the next 30 days. Right. I think that's really important. And then if you're going to hire an employee, I definitely recommend contract to hire. Do a a 90-day, 60-day, 90-day contract to hire contract. Pay them as a contractor for that period. If you decide to move forward with hiring them, then you can do that. I will tell you, even if you keep their rate the exact same as an employee, no, it will cost your business more. It is more expensive. You do pay more in taxes. Even though I knew that, it was still like a little bit of a shock to the system when it all came down to it the first time we hired an employee. So I'm done rambling for today, but I hope you found that helpful. Seriously, legitimately, I could have made a full-on reach out, hire someone in about 24 hours using this process. I decided to sit on it for 24 hours to make sure I felt like I was making a confident decision. And then I ultimately hired someone within 72 hours of meeting them. But I also know that like throughout this process, because of the way I went about it, the other people are still super qualified. Like I could, if this one doesn't work out, like I would feel really confident going back to that pool of people and hiring someone else I already interviewed. Yeah. So yeah. Cause you did the work on the front end. So you got quality candidates fast, easy, efficient. Yeah. All right, guys. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache, join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics, we make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details.
really love this show, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.